Welcome to episode four of Jazz Ready. I'm here with you and my name is La Sirena Magdalena. <laughs> Make your wait for it, huh? Well, anyway, I want to tell you a story today and I want to tell you how I became a poet. I started writing at the age of eight and I find that's kind of a magical age for a lot of poets, especially women. Uh, I've read of a lot of women who started writing at the age of eight. Maybe it's that infinity sign that the eight inherently is. It's just a blessed number for poets. But in any case, at the age of 17, I had my first reading in Greenwich Village uh, at the Boys, Boys, Boys All-Male Review or something like that. It was called the Dramatis Personae Theater, and it was the artistic director's name was Stephen Baker. But how did I get to this, you know, theater, this kind of burlesque house in Greenwich Village? Well, I was looking in back of the Village Voice one day, and there was an ad for a salon. Now, remember, this was the 70s, and it was the early 70s. And there was an ad in the back of the Village Voice bulletin board which said, Poetry Salon at 77 Columbia Street. All welcome. It was in somebody's apartment on the Lower East Side, which uh, I call Loisaida. And so I went. What was there to lose? I walk into this lovely apartment and there's a you know, grand piano in the room and there are uh, it's quite a motley crew of people. You know, we were everybody. We were lavaplatos. That was me at the time. Uh, there were poets and lavaplatos and there were, you know, young poets, older poets, great poets, terrible poets, fledgling poets. And the wonderful woman who hosted it, her name was Emily Glenn. And Emily Glenn tenía pinta de... Uh, Sirena. <laughs> and that's where I got the idea to call myself Sirena Magdalena. Emily Glenn was like a mermaid. She was timeless. And, you know, she could have been 70, 50, 80, 90, 100. I couldn't tell. But she, you know, had copper hair, beautiful wavy curls of copper hair. And she wore things like princess crowns and lime green tights and silver flats and roughly mini skirts made of tulle and sequins. She rode her bicycle and put it on the subway train to get herself to Brighton Beach where she would ride that bicycle all day and come back all tan and sunny. And she'd come home to write poems. And I'm sure she wrote poems on the beach. I think she wrote poems everywhere. Because Emily Glenn was one of the wide, most widely published unknown poets in the United States. And Emily Glenn took a liking to me from the first day we met. And there I was in her living room at 77 Columbia Street. And, uh, you know, very nervously reading my poems, very shy and insecure with all these strangers in the room. I, I was 17 years old, maybe still 16 at the time. And so I, I you know, I, I started going there regularly, her weekly readings. And uh, before I knew it, I was the... Uh, featured poet at the theater I mentioned to you. Uh, I believe it was called, yes, Dramatis Personae 
And it was on West 14th Street in Greenwich Village. So I walk into the theater. It's kind of dark, and I'm looking around. My eyes adjust to the dark. A light goes on. I'm welcomed by a stranger, made to feel very at home. I look at this stage, and there are pink satin sheets covering a, a round bed. And luckily, I see the stand-up mic, and I think that's where I'll be reading from. <laughs> so as this audience starts to come in, they're all naked men dressed in hot pink fishing nets, you know, maybe fuchsia. Yeah, I forget the colors. Something bright, very bright. And underneath that, they were naked because those were their costumes for the evening show. So I did my first reading at this at this open mic. And, uh, you know, I heard this. These finger snaps, you know, from the whole audience. And I got all this encouragement. And my voice started to get stronger. And I started to get more confident. And that was the beginning, you know, and from then on, I became a performance poet. And I owe all that to Emily Glenn, who believed in me and who wanted to encourage me and that beautiful audience of naked men. It's amazing. I was 17 years old. It didn't faze me. It was like, oh, well, you know, we're all naked under the clothes. So what's the big deal? And so I read my poems, got the encouragement and went on to write and do open mics and host open mics and uh, you know, open for people like, um, uh, oh, let's see if I can remember now. Suzanne Vega uh, was one of them that was at another coffee house called The Pit. It also had another name, maybe The Basement Coffee House. or, And it was up on the Upper West Side. And there were people there like Stevie Forbert, who wasn't unknown yet. And I'd opened for him. And I'm sure these people don't remember me. But, you know, a lot of the people from the folk scene were there. So I did open readings all over the city wherever I could. And then Emily moved to 77 Barrow Street in Greenwich Village to a fifth floor walk up. And I followed her there. So I've been reading and performing poetry ever since. So Thanks to a wonderful person by the name of Brett Rutherford, uh, Brett gathered all of Emily's poems, her chapbooks, her publications from journals, from magazines, and she get, and he gathered them all into a book. Uh, and it's just the poems from chapbooks is volume one. Now, you know, Emily Glenn really mentored me and cared about me. And every time she saw me, she must have seen the mother wound because she mothered me special in a different way from the others. You know, she always had a little gift for me, like a little sample lipstick she'd gotten from Macy's or another department store. Or she'd roll up a little roll of lifesavers and gift paper and give that to me. She had very little. You know, she wasn't wealthy, and she would give me just these little tokens of things. And she always served lemon cookies and tea at her events. And there was a hat in the middle of the table, and that was usually given to the featured reader and her living room salons. And maybe she took a little bit for her cookies and tea so she could have some for the next time. So I want to read you one of her poems from this collection from her chapbook. You know, this is somebody who, who did poetry for the love of it and who did poetry for the joy of it, a woman who had a lot of deep suffering in her life and losses, you know, the loss of her daughter, Glenda, who I knew, who was a sweet, wonderful woman, uh, and who died from addiction, you know, and uh, as, as, as so many people are doing now. And she was a singer, songwriter, and herself a poet, and like her mother, had a beautiful heart. 
So I'd like to read this poem that Emily wrote that's called Radiance. Down the aisles of our church, Mrs. Spaulding walked in white ever since she lost her son, her one son, wore white in the triumph of trumpets. Child I was, I looked up to her in wonder for her wearing of white, shining white, white containing all colors. Shall I wear white for my daughter? So simple, so beautiful, and such a reminder of the images that we see as children and how they stay with us. So the images that we present into the lives of children, the words that we say, the words that we don't say, the way our bodies stand to speak with them, to listen with, to them, to listen with them. It all matters because children remember. When Glenda died, Emily was already quite old, you know, and or elderly, aged, what's the word? There is no right word for aging. <laughs> I can tell you from experience. <laughs> but, um, you know, there it was. She was a little child in church. She saw the woman wearing white for mourning, and she wondered after the death of her daughter, should she wear white? What color do you wear for your mourning? And what do you do with your mourning and your grief? That's a nice thing to consider for all of us. You know, and I do say a nice thing because we're so afraid of thinking about death. But it's inevitable and it waits for us all. From the cradle to the grave is a minute. So how do we prepare to be in life so that we can be ready to be in death? And Emily Glenn began preparing me at a very young age by giving me the opportunity to share my words and my feelings and thoughts through poems. And I will always love her and I will always honor her. And there's so much more I want to say and perhaps in another episode I will. But right now I just want to finish by rereading that poem now that you know we've shared a little bit about the thought of grieving and that thing we don't talk about in in our western society death death is our friend not our enemy death is the reminder to live well and here is emily glenn's poem once again radiance down the aisles of our church mrs spaulding walked in white ever since she lost her one son wore white in the triumph of trumpets child I was. I looked up to her in wonder for her wearing of white, shining white, white containing all colors. Shall I wear white for my daughter? And that was from one of the four books published by Brett Rutherford in Rhode Island uh, for Emily Glenn. And this first one is Poems from the chapbooks. And I want to turn just to find more information for you. This book is copyright 2009, thepoetspress.org. Again, that's www.thepoetspress.org. 
dot org. I know you don't need the WW, but I like saying it. WWWWW. It's like a little tongue twister for the day, a little more work to be done. <laughs> so I can do a better reading for you next time. I keep trying to get better. So again, that's the poetspress.org. By uh edited by and collected, wait, gathered, curated, collected by Brett Rutherford. Thank you, Brett Rutherford. It's a beautiful book and it is poems from the Times on uh seventy seven Barrow Street and Coffee House Poems, Paint and Turpentine, Dark of the Earth, Mad Hatter Poems. <laughs> she was quite an imaginative woman. Late to the Kitchen, Up to Us, Chickens, Glenda's Ark. Another one I don't want to say because I'd like children to listen to this too as well. <laughs> Rose Swan, uh, Hope of Amethyst. So it's a beautiful collection, and I hope you'll consider supporting Poets Press and purchasing it. And those are the poems from chapbooks of Emily Glenn, one of my mentors from my youth, who I will never forget, always love and honor. Always remember the shoulders on which you stand. There are so many people who help us to become who we are. And it's not always the good ones. Emily was a good one. But it's not always the good ones because the ones who don't treat us so well make us stronger and treat us. And, and, and in their treating of us in that way, we learn what we don't want. We learn how to overcome and we strive. So I thank those for making us stronger. And I thank people like Emily Glenn for making me more fully alive. So have a beautiful day. Remember the people on whose shoulders you stand. Thank them, and if you can do it while they're still here, all the better. If they're already gone, write them a letter. Signing off, Sirena Magdalena, till next time. Jazz ready. You gotta be jazz ready. Ready for the here and now, so you can be ready for tomorrow.